Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. They're a bunch of guys who ain't never played the game, and they never got the girls in high school, and they just want to get in the game. <laughs> With your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. See, the thing is, you guys look at me, you see the backwards hat, the uh, gray socks, the funky outfit, and you say, now this guy's a chump, am I right? No. Only on the VSIN Podcast Network. Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome in another edition. A little bit of a later post here on a Thursday. I had a lot of personal things to get to today, so hopefully you understand a little bit of a later posting here on Thursday, November 11th. But good show on tap, a lot of good information, and a lot of topics to get through here on Hardwood Handicappers. So, Figure we'll start with a little bit of some news for the week, what it means going forward, talk about the week in review to a certain extent, some teams, what we saw, how we carry it forward, and uh, update on the Rookie of the Year race as well, because I did add one more ticket in the Rookie of the Year race, and it's chalky, but now we'll, we'll get to the explanation and everything about that going forward. But with that, let's start with a little bit of the headlines, and we'll start with some of the big news, and I think the big news is around a big guy and that would be Nikola Vucevic, who's going to miss multiple games after testing positive for COVID. So comes right before a five-game West Coast trip that's going to bring the Chicago Bulls to the Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, Portland Trailblazers, Denver Nuggets. And now this is a team that's dealing with cluster injuries, man. And they continue to perform at a high level no matter what. And they're continuing to answer the bell and win in some tough games. And it's really commendable what they've been able to do. But now we're talking about Vucevic. Patrick Williams, and Kobe White still sidelines. Now, White is an interesting case because White is nearing a return. If uh, you saw a report from Rob Schaefer, who works at NBCS Chicago, said, quote, White says he is back to normal in terms of practicing. Five-on-five scrimmage with Windy City yesterday, their G League team. So, looks like he's pretty close to coming back. He was asked specifically about the West Coast trip that the Bulls are about to enact on, embark on. And uh, he said maybe, so I would assume that he's going to come back within the next uh, five games, one of these games that the Chicago Bulls are going to be taking on the West Coast trip. And that's a big deal because they need help, 
offensively, especially with Vucevic sidelined as well as Patrick Williams. But if Kobe White is to, let's say, miss the first three games or the first two games of this West Coast trip, you really have to wonder that without Vucevic, without White and Williams, how the Bulls keep up what they're doing, especially on offense. Because their bench isn't good. Like, this is the thing, and I wrote about this in the NBA guide. It is a thing that has been bugging me about the Chicago Bulls since the season started. And it's the fact that this bench has not been very good. Didn't expect it to be very good when the season started, and here we are again. Bench right now, 25.3 points per game. That is 28th in the NBA. Only four players on the team average double figures in scoring. The fifth leading scorer is Alex Caruso at 8.5 points per game. So I think you're really going to start to see this offense. If Kobe White, let's say, misses like the first two games of this road trip, we're going to start to see this offense maybe take a small step back in terms of its efficiency and the way that it's been operating. And it's been operating at a high level, man. Like, again, like to give them credit, they have been phenomenal. Right now in non-garbage time minutes, they're seventh in offensive efficiency, 111.8 per 100 possessions, according to Cleaning the Glass. Now, we'll say, when you look through what they've done, they haven't shown a smidge of slowing down offensively. Average, uh, excuse me, individual offensive rating, Game-wise, against the Dallas Mavericks the other day, 121.9, 116.7 versus the Brooklyn Nets in their win, which they dropped 42 points in the fourth quarter, right? But if Vucevic is not going to be a part of this, this is a big deal, right? Because Vucevic has been with them for these last two games. How they operate going forward is going to be pretty fascinating. But here's the deal. And this is the thing about, like, you know, for me as a handicapper, right, you know, I'll circle teams, and we talked about this last week of the podcast. I'll, I'll circle teams going forward that I, I'm looking to play against because the market has overreacted, right? We're going to talk about a couple of those here today. Bulls are one of them. And I'll circle teams that I think are worth playing on because maybe the market has them over or undervalued, right? And while I think Chicago is undervalued, you don't want to do it blindly, right? Because case in point, I, I, I already had the Golden State game written down, circled it. Figured that was going to be a great day, a great game to fade the Chicago Bulls. And it still might be, but Draymond Green, the second of our headlines here, has suffered what is being called a, quote, nasty thigh injury, right? He got injured, I think it was the third quarter of that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Wednesday night. He's questionable to play on Friday against Chicago. Doesn't sound like a serious injury, right? They call it nasty, but when I say serious, like he's not going to miss like five plus games. Sounds like at the most it would be one or two, but like I want Draymond Green out of there on the floor, man. Like, I really want Draymond Green out there on the floor if I'm going to test this theory to start to play against the Chicago Bulls. Now, to be fair, Golden State's been really good when Green is off the floor. So the chance there's a chance that they don't miss a beat in a single game. But here's the deal. So let's go through some of the numbers. Draymond Green on the floor. The Warriors have a plus 11.7 net rating and a defensive rating of 101.4. Draymond Green off the floor, numbers are actually better. Plus 15.9 net rating and a 99.4 defensive rating. So they give up two fewer points every 100 possessions on defense, and they outscore opponents by 4.2 points more per 100 possessions. So technically, the Golden State Warriors are better with Draymond Green off the floor than with him on it. Here's the deal. Steph Curry muddies the waters a little bit when it comes to those numbers, right? And when you're playing a game, let's say Draymond doesn't play against Chicago, there's going to be minutes where Curry's off the floor, and of course they don't have Draymond because he's not playing, and that's where you get into the gray area. 
So let's revisit some of these numbers and let's take Seth Curry or excuse me, Steph Curry off the floor, right? With Draymond Green. So Draymond Green, Steph Curry off of the floor. Oh, that net rating? Yeah, plus 0.7. So it's barely positive. The offensive rating, 94.9. Defensive rating still really good though, man, 94.2. So it tells you that's the difference, right? The Steph Curry minutes on the bench, if Draymond Green doesn't play in any of these games, by the way, not just the Chicago game, but in any of these games, those are going to be some messy minutes that I think are... There's going to be some messy minutes in which it's going to be touch and go there with the Golden State Warriors, even against a team like the Chicago Bulls who have such a poor bench. And that's what kind of get, it gets me a little down because I really wanted to play against Chicago in that matchup with Golden State. But if Draymond Green is not going to play, it gives me a little hesitancy in that. But going forward, look, the Los Angeles Clippers, who are on a roll, that game against the Chicago Bulls, in which they're going to be playing, the Clippers right now tied for second in defensive efficiency and nine garbage time minutes. That could be another matchup in which Chicago really struggles to score. But what if Kobe White comes back by then? And Kobe White's probably going to have a slow rollout, and I don't expect him to provide a lot on the defense, on the offensive end. And he's not the best defender, so maybe it's still even the first game back really doesn't move the needle for the Chicago Bulls. But playing against them on this West Coast trip was something I was planning on doing. Vucevic not being there adds to that. But we'll see what happens by the time we get to this Clippers game. We'll see what happens in this matchup against the Golden State Warriors. And and moving forward too, right? As long as Vucevic is not out there, playing these games for Chicago under the total, playing against Chicago in terms of sides, it's going to be on the list for me if the numbers are right because I think Chicago is going to be in a tough spot. Now you're talking about these cluster injuries. And even if White does come back, you're talking about working in a guy who hasn't played all season yet. And that's going to be uh, quite the issue for them. So, with that, let's move forward to some of the week in review. Let's talk about some of the teams and what they've done throughout the week. And uh, I'm going to bring up a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And for those who uh, have followed the work, you're going to know where I'm going with this. was on Follow the Money earlier this week and talked about it. Uh, I will say that the wheels are starting to get loose in New York. They're not falling off yet, right, to use the cliche. But the wheels are getting loose. So the Knicks lose to the Bull, uh, excuse me, to the Bucks, 112-100 to 100 on Wednesday. Tibbs benches his entire starting unit for the fourth quarter, right? Over their last seven games, New York is 3-4 and four straight up, 2-5 and five against the spread. They have a negative 3.5 net rating, and their defense given up 113.5 points per 100 possessions over that span that is good for 26th in the NBA. This defense, a topic which, again, if you have followed the work, I have been kind of harping on since last season. That's why I bet Atlanta in that series against them in the postseason. That's why I took them under the win total coming into this season. Defense is not great. And this defense is allotted as if it is. And that just is not the case. Knicks are 29th in frequency of wide open attempts allowed. 28.7% of opponent attempts from the, uh, excuse me. And these are just attempts, excuse me. Yeah. 29th in frequency of wide open attempts allowed from any area of the floor. 28.7% of opponent attempts or 26 per game are considered wide open. Closest defender six feet or further away. They are tied for 30th in frequency of wide open three-point attempts allowed. And during the seven-game stretch that we're talking about here, right, where they're three and four straight up, two and five against the spread, opponents, 40.6 attempts per game from the perimeter. Opponents are taking 43-point attempts per game against them and shooting 40.5%. And on the season, 
On those wide-open attempts that the Knicks are allowing from beyond the arc, opponents are shooting 42.6%. They are getting obliterated from beyond the arc. Just destroyed. And it's something they kind of deserve after the way they played last year. Right? It's finally catching up with them. The way that they've been playing on the defensive end of the floor. And look, and part of it's a scheme thing, right? Like, if you're out there, if you're listening to this, or if you've been part of the discourse on social media where it's like, well, they're allowing the right... No, they're not. This is a poor defensive scheme, and it's not working for them. Case in point, against Milwaukee, where they're building the stupid wall against Giannis Antetokounmpo, and just kick out to open shooter, after kick out to open shooter, after kick out to open shooter. It's not working in terms of what the Knicks are doing. It's great that you want to wall off the restricted area of the floor and not allow the easy baskets, but when you're packing in so hard, you're allowing these open shooters. And it is not working for them. And they are finally paying for the way they have been playing. And so the question is like, okay, so what's the solution for New York going forward? Not sure if there is one. Tim Bontemps, ESPN. The Knicks starting lineup. And this was the one against Milwaukee. So Kemba Walker, RJ Barrett, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson has played more minutes, 205, than any five-man lineup in the NBA. It's being outscored by 14.4 points per 100 possessions and has a defensive rating of 119.3. 119.3. Just not good, man. But here's the thing. To bring this back to this betting perspective, right? The market loves this team. The market loves this team. More often than not, the line is moving in favor of the New York Knicks. You could just lick your finger, test the wind, right? In terms of conversations around the Knicks. Like I told you, you know, I've had people come up there, like, uh, talk to me about the Knicks and been like, oh, but they're a great, you know, they're a great defensive team. No, no, they're not. But the perception is that they're a great defensive team. And it's just not the case. And they're finally paying for the way that they have been playing. And so now going forward, there is going to be some value in playing against the New York Knicks. This is not last season where they were the best ATS team and covered over 60% of their games, right? Now the market's all over them. Now the market's overvalued them. And now is the time for us to perceive that, right, to get ahead of it and start to consistently play against them as we move forward. And again on Friday, right, they're playing, they're playing the Charlotte Hornets, a team that is going to thrive, and they did it against Memphis, we're going to talk about momentarily, a team that thrives on dribble penetration, drive and kick opportunities to open shooters. The Charlotte Hornets love to do those sort of things on offense. And you're going to see it again against the New York Knicks, and I think they're a matchup problem for them. So as we move forward, just keep this in mind with the New York Knicks. They are not as good as perceived to be. They're barely going to fight for 500. They're going to be in that play-in mix in the Eastern Conference. And that might be fine for some, but in terms of the perception of what this team is, nowhere near what it actually is on paper and what we've seen from them up to this point. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast, only on the VSIN Podcast Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. So speaking of the Memphis Grizzlies, let's talk about them for a second because this has been, I think, my biggest annoyance up to this part of the season. Uh, for those who don't know, on Monday, I bet against the Memphis Grizzlies, took plus six with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves blow a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, ultimately bank a three-point shot in from Carl Anthony Towns to force overtime and lose in overtime by seven. So... Absolutely, the brutal like one of the, the actually no. This is this is the worst beat that I've taken this year is that Monday game for Minnesota against the Memphis Grizzlies. But I want to talk about Memphis too because Memphis is also a team that has been playing with fire that the market really enjoys, and I couldn't be more out on the way that Memphis has been playing up to this point. So Memphis right now, in terms of net rating, okay, the Memphis Grizzlies. They are 25th in the NBA in non-garbage time net rating. They are getting outscored by five points every 100 possessions. Their defense, as of Thursday night, is the worst in the NBA at 114.6 points per 100 possessions. And here's the thing too, right? Cleaning the glass is a great job in terms of looking at win differential, right? So the difference between the number of games the team has won and what would be expected based on their efficiency differential. So their win differential, they've won about 2.2 games more than they really should given their statistical output at this point right now that's second best in the NBA this is a team that is absolutely playing with fire at this point right now and they're sitting from a record perspective right from a record perspective Memphis six and five so we're talking about a team that should probably be more like four and seven at this point right now but they're not but this is a team that I'm going to be willing to play against pretty frequently here. Should have gotten that win with them against them on Monday. Didn't get it, so I went right back to the well, played Charlotte on Wednesday. They get the outright win. But see, and it's it's more than just defensive efficiency, man. It's been shocking how poor they've been in key areas of the floor. They're allowing opponents to take 33.7% of their attempts within four feet of the basket while shooting 66.1% within four feet of the basket. Their perimeter defense 
39.9% allowed to opponents from the perimeter so far this season, the Memphis Grizzlies. It's been bad, dude. Now, they don't give up a ton of wide-open looks, right? If you look at like some of the tracking data in terms of wide-open looks, they're about average, 18.4%. Of opponent attempts are considered wide open. Opponents shooting 38.7% on those shots. So it's not as big of a problem as it has been for like a team like the New York Knicks. But the problem is, is when you're giving up so much dribble penetration the way that they are, and you're allowing opponents to get within four feet of the basket the way that they are, well, that's a problem. Because that leads to those driving kick opportunities. It's why they're 29th in corner three-point percentage by opponents. Opponents shooting 46.3% from the corners against them. It's been an absolute nightmare for their defense. Absolute nightmare. And so now as you move forward, like I just don't know how much better this team is going to get on that end of the floor, right? Because it's not like they're missing anybody. It's not like one of their premier defenders is going to come off of the bench and help them out. This is what this team is at this point right now. And I think that this is a pretty big problem for Memphis as we move forward. But they're still, so as we talk about right, like how you take advantage of this, they're still getting priced like a team that deserves respect. And they're way, I think they're way out above their skis. They're 7-4 and four against the spread. They're 6-5 and five straight up. But I mean, if you look at some of these numbers, right, like laying 4.5 against Charlotte the other day at home. From a power rating perspective, the market was telling you that Charlotte was power rated exactly the same as the Minnesota Timberwolves. Come on. <laughs> like I Coming into this season, I was high on Minnesota. It's clear that they're not exactly the team that we ex- I expected them to be and at, that they showed to the first three games. Charlotte is not power rated the same as Minnesota. They're better than Minnesota, right? I took my shot against uh, Memphis in those two games with Denver, but Denver has their offensive issues, and they won both of those games at home. They went to Washington. Got beat up defensively, gave up 115 points, lost that one 115-87, to didn't cover it. So as you move forward here with Memphis, I'm just telling you that we're entering territory now with the Memphis Grizzlies where it is going to be, I think, very smart to bet against them as we move forward. And they have a matchup coming up on Friday against the Phoenix Suns, and the Phoenix Suns are starting to turn things around a little bit here, right? They've won six consecutive games. They've covered five of those games. Their defense is starting to get much better. Their offense is starting to find its flow here a little bit, right? If you look at the last six games for the Phoenix Suns in terms of what they've been able to do, both offensively and defensively, completely turn things around. Offensive rating for Phoenix over the last six games, 110.8. Defensive rating, 102.8. That equates out to an 8.1 net rating or outscoring opponents by the 8.1 points every 100 possessions. So look out on Friday for a potential good matchup to play against the Memphis Grizzlies. But the Grizzlies are on the list of teams. And this is kind of the theme of the podcast at this point right now, right? Just kind of teams I'm looking to play against here going forward because I just think that we're with a couple of these teams like the New York Knicks, like the Memphis Grizzlies, kind of out above the skis a little bit here. This is the Hardwood Handicappers Podcast. Interact with the show on Twitter at me, JVT at Roach underscore 97 and at VSIN Live. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, having said that, there's certain teams too that I don't think are going to be able to sustain what they've been able to sustain. But like I, I can't find a bunch of indicators that makes me feel confident going forward to play against them. Right? Case in point would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers right now 18th in net uh, net rating, negative zero point four. So they're about a slightly below average team at this point right now. And yet, here they are. Winning games left and right. Now, they did lose the other day to Washington. Looked like a really young team blowing that game. Depending on where you got it, it was a push or a win in terms of the number. And it snapped a four-game winning streak. And you know, and if you look at what the Cavaliers have been able to do from an outright like win standpoint, it's not really shocking once you really like sift through the opponents, right? So, for example, they won three straight games in October. It was Atlanta, Denver, and the Los Angeles Clippers, right? Well, the Clippers started off one and four. They were really bad straight to the first five games. They've gotten much better since that bad start. Denver is one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA, and the Atlanta Hawks are one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA, and they continue to slide and are stuck in a really awful slump right now where they have lost five straight games. By the way, shout out to the last podcast, right, where we talked about Atlanta being a play against team. Then you look at their four-game winning streak that they took into that game against Washington. It's Charlotte, a team that's fallen off defensively, as we talked about, right, in terms of uh, Charlotte's weaknesses coming into the season and where they're at right now in terms of defensive efficiency. Charlotte Hornets, according to cleaning the glass, I'm looking at... Where are we at right now with Charlotte? Sorry, I got all these notes in front of me and I keep losing things. We'll just do this. Command F. It's one of the best ones ever. Charlotte, 27th. In defensive efficiency, 
per 100 possessions. So what, what we're doing here is like, if you look through what Cleveland and what they've been able to do, like their schedule has been pretty favorable, right? Home game against the Portland team that's 0-6 straight up and against the spread on the road. On the road against the Toronto team that's working that was working back in Pascal Siakam and has had issues on the offensive end of the floor. And then, of course, at the New York Knicks, where they shot an insane rate, 54.3% from beyond the arc against New York, and we've talked about the Knicks' struggles from the perimeter. So I do believe that the Cavaliers' time is coming to play against them. They get Detroit on Friday. Second leg, circle this if you're listening to this right now. Second leg of a back-to-back on Saturday, right? They play Detroit Friday. Saturday, they have a home game against Boston. And Boston is, uh, you know, themselves starting to work through some issues and maybe look a little bit better. 3-1 and one straight up, 3-0-1 oh against the spread in their last four games. Just keep an eye out on Saturday because Boston's going to be catching Cleveland. And we're going to be near the point at that point right now because I would assume that they're going to beat Detroit. I, I power rate them higher than Detroit. They should be able to win that game, potentially cover. But Saturday will be a really interesting spot for Cleveland to see if they're legitimately going to continue in terms of putting up some of these performances. Because I think when you really look at what Cleveland has done from a wins standpoint, it actually makes a little bit more sense now that we're about 12 games in in terms of who they've beaten. Their wins actually aren't that impressive the more you look at them. And so now, maybe the time as their power rating continues to creep, maybe the time is going to come on Saturday to be able to play against them in a spot where they're not going to be catching that many points. And I I don't want to say they would be favored against Boston, but it'll be tight. I would say it'd be hovering around that uh, two and a half point spread when they take on Boston on Saturday. So speaking of the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm going to update, and this is going to give it away, so whatever. I added a rookie of the year ticket. (laughs) And I got to tell you, man. So part of this is Look, Evan Mobley's been bleeping awesome, right? He's been absolutely awesome. 15.3 points per game on the season. He's shooting 51.4% from the floor. He's averaging 7.9 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.3 blocks. He has been everything that the Cleveland Cavaliers hoped for, right, when they drafted him. And in fact, like, like, it's been even more than that, if that makes any sense. Because if you look at, like, the team overall... Mobley might just be their best player right now. But he's 3-1 to one right now to win Rookie of the Year. And I get it. It's a really chalky play really early in the season. But a really important aspect, I think at least, right, of these awards and how you handicap them is also taking in media and the people that vote for these awards, right? I listen to Zach Lowe's podcast every weekend or every week and every time it's available. I listen to Brian Windhorst's podcast every time it's available, right? Uh, the Mismatch, I think it's those guys. Um, 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 name escapes me, but it's from The Ringer. It's called The Mismatch. Uh, I know Chris, I think it's Chris Vernon who is the host there. Um, Kevin O'Connor, thank you. Thank you, Brain, for remembering that, right? But it's taking in all of this information and guys who have votes and gals who have votes engaging what they're thinking. And I am telling you, in almost every single piece of media that I have taken in on the NBA over the last two weeks, Evan Mobley is getting brought up. Evan Mobley is at the front of this race right now to win Rookie of the Year, but in some spots, he is the second choice. That value to me is on... Mobley should be the leader right now in the clubhouse. He should be the favorite to win this award. He should be around plus 220, plus 200 to win this award. It may, you, you can make the argument 
it might even be a little bit shorter. But to say, you know, he's only got about a 25% chance in terms of implied probability, I don't think that's the case. I think it's got to be a little bit higher than that. And 2-1 to one would put you around 33.3%. Makes a lot more sense the way that Mobley is getting brought up over and over and over again and a lot of these voters and what they think about him. And too, and if you're looking at it too, like just from the standpoint of like basic statistics, right? Second leading scorer behind Scotty Barnes, who has been missing time with injury. In terms of rebounds per game, second behind Scotty Barnes. And assists, also pretty good for a big guy, right? So what we're looking at with Mobley, and by the way, he leads all, he leads all rookies in blocks, like total blocks, 15, compared to the second place rookie, which is Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, and Frods Wagner at six. He's been fantastic. And at this point right now, just the way that the conversations have been swirling around him in NBA media, I just feel pretty comfortable at this point investing in it about three to one. And I think that'd be definitely worth your time. So we got added to it. So I got three rookie of the year tickets. Chris Duarte at 40 to one, Franz Wagner at 30 to one, and Evan Mobley at three to one. And I think I'm going to be done. I'm going to ride out with those three in terms of rookie of the year. I think I'm pretty comfortable with that. I feel really good, like revisiting the future since we're on the topic. Uh, I feel really good about Paul George at 50 to one. That, and that's a dynamite ticket in terms of what I got in the pocket there. Because Paul George has been absolutely fantastic. The Clippers are starting to turn things around. So let's transition to the Los Angeles Clippers before we get out of here. Because that's one more team now that I think is worth following in the long term. And, you know, it's funny. So you get the media overreaction. And actually, I shouldn't even say media. You just, you get the overreaction from betters, from the market, from so many other, like from so many places about an early start to the the season. The New York Knicks looking like they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, Right. When I was tweeting out during the one and four start for the Los Angeles Clippers, like, watch out, man. Los Angeles Clippers are legitimate. They're real. They're very good. And Paul George is a big part of it. I immediately got a whole bunch of, oh, they're not that good. You know, Doug Kazarian tweeting at me, telling me, yeah, but they're not going to be in the playoffs. Relax. We're five games in. And sure enough, they've won these five consecutive games. They're six and four right now. There are two games out of a top three seed in the Western Conference. Like, this Clippers team is going to be good, man. They're legitimately good on defense, and they're only going to get better offensively, especially when Marcus Morris comes back. Right now, tied for second, 102.6 points per 100 possessions. You can still get Paul George at 30-1, to and I will I will emphasize that I think that is worth it. In some spots, maybe shop around. Maybe you can get that 40-1 to ticket still, but Paul George is going to be worth it. Third leading scorer as of Thursday night, and it's fun. I was shopping around. I wanted to see if I could find a Los Angeles Clippers at, at a really solid futures price to win the NBA title. It just in case, right, Kawhi comes back. They're definitely going to be vying for a top four seed. Couldn't find it, so my version of that is going to be Paul George to win MVP. But this Clippers team is a legitimately good team, folks, and they are worth betting on going forward. I've ridden them a couple of times during this winning streak, not as much as I'd liked. Took one shot with them in one of those matchups with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Had them against Portland the other night. They're going to be a legitimately solid squad. And, and as we kind of bring it back full circle to what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, I legitimately think it's a pretty good matchup for them against Chicago, even with Kobe White back out there, if that's going to be the case. So keep an eye out, man. Definitely worth looking at as we move forward. All right, we're going to keep this short again. Uh, appreciate you listening. I think it's uh, really been fun to do these throughout the season and trying to get like a vibe and kind of trying to get into a flow in terms of what these podcasts are about. You know, don't want to make them too long. 
Or, you know what, look, like, rate, review, subscribe, and give me feedback. If you think they could be longer, I have more information and stuff to talk about. I just think with the NBA, doing these only once a week, you know, they, they don't have a great shelf life, right? Two, three days tops. So, maybe we'll have more. But we, um, I still want to add, you know, I'm kind of a solo effort at this point right now. Do want to add some more production, some more things to it. But anyway, I won't uh, bore you with the details of how this podcast, uh, how the sausage is made. But hopefully the sausage gets better as the season goes along. With that, we appreciate it as always. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at me, JVT. And shoot me, hey man, shoot me a DM, shoot me a message, tweet me, whatever it is. Love having conversations with you guys. You guys have been absolutely fantastic since the NBA season has started. I could not be more appreciative of the positive feedback I've gotten on the market reports, on the work, everything like that. It is very, very much appreciated. So hopefully when you hear my voice, you can understand that I really do appreciate all the positive feedback I've gotten on the work. It, it very, very much, uh, very much appreciated by me. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Thank you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.